three, two, one, go. Hey, and welcome back, everyone, to Sparking Creativity, the Ethno Arts Podcast. I am your host, Justin. And I am your other host, Trevor. It is good to have you back with us. We left you on a cliffhanger last time. Uh, just a quick recap. This is the last episode of the season, episode number 10, plus that Christmas bonus we did back in December. Uh, we will look ahead to the end of the episode. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, next season, but for now we want to get you back in. So let's do a quick recap of what we just talked about, where we are in this interview, and uh, where we're about to go. Yeah, we had three great guests that will continue this time. We had Todd and Mary and Beth talk to us about arts in the healing process. And so they gave us a good foundation of what trauma is and what's going on in people's hearts and minds and bodies who experience different kinds of trauma. Um, and they talk about how arts can help. And there's, they all have um, uh, arts therapy, creative arts therapies backgrounds and uh, gave us some of the, the theories and the science of behind uh, what's, what's happening for people. And uh, it was a really great conversation. And now we're going to continue that conversation. Yeah, so as we jump back in, this time uh, we are going to be exploring why local arts are important as we talk about the healing process. Uh, what can individuals and families, maybe like yourself, do uh, in, in this type of uh, ministry? And also list a bunch of different resources that are available, um, including workshops and things coming up, trainings, um, maybe some uh, just resources that you can look into on your own. And uh, yeah, then we'll, we'll wrap it up and talk about next season. So without further ado, let's jump back right into this interview with Todd, Mary, and Beth. Here we go. So we've talked a lot about a lot of different kinds of art forms that have been helpful. And, and one of the things that we've talked about on our podcast is trying to highlight how each culture has these different expressions that are meaningful to them. And, um, and so I'm wondering if you could talk uh, specifically about that, like the helping people find like what is meaningful to them and how that, that can help in this area. Well, what you guys talk about with ethno arts and different cultures and it not being a universal language, nowhere is that maybe as important as in people expressing their trauma or trying to allow their senses to tell their stories. Kathy Malfiotti, who writes about trauma healing, talks about the, the senses tell the story. It's the senses from their lives. It's the things they sense and the things that have meaning for them and their experience. So it has to be something from their, uh, from their life experience. So it has to be more local arts. It can't be something borrowed. Um, there may be an appreciation of it, but it's not gonna have as much meaning 
is, is the colors, the sounds, the patterns, the move body movements that they experience in their own in their own culture throughout their lives. So yeah, I can't think of anywhere it's more important, especially for communication. Um, it communicates, it's, you could say ethno-communication, ethno-arts, ethno-doxology, ethno-communication. It has to be their own local way of communicating uh, and receiving information and receiving, um, yeah, understanding from what somebody else is expressing to be able to relate to each other and support each other. As you were talking, Todd, it made me think of this song Speaking of arts, we all have our own arts that are, are, you know, local to our own hearts that we love. And there's this musician named Hozier, and he um, has this song. And one of the lyrics is um, screaming the name of a foreigner's God, the purest expression of grief. So not having and we believe that our Lord is the Lord of, of all things and all people and that people can know him intimately as a friend, right? So he's not necessarily a foreigner's God, but to impose our way of communicating with the Lord or our way of expressing our pain, that sentence just struck me how deep that would go. Um, if I was invited to a foreign country into a grieving ceremony, I would just be so lost trying to learn what on earth is happening that I could never feel safe enough to open my heart, open my spirit. It might be the same way for someone from where we are, where I'm living in the world right now, coming to, you know, a grief group at a, at a out day patient care center or something. Um, just different worlds and our hearts are to see people feel safe and free to go to wherever in their hearts and spirits that they need to go and not be stumbling over the method of expression. Um, so yeah, we don't we don't want that to be a grief on top of whatever pain and grief they're already dealing with. Mm. Mm. For Todd and myself, we first starting in America in creative arts therapy, one thing that we were involved in at the psychiatric hospital that we both worked at was in what's what was called relaxation and stress management classes. And we started to notice that people we'd play this beautiful flute music. We thought it was so relaxing and so great. And we started to notice that not everybody was relaxing to this music <laughs> that we thought was going to be perfect for this relaxation stress management experience. And so we did some research and, and invited some of the patients in and we had a blood pressure machine. And so we measured their heart rates and blood pressure in response to certain songs. And at first we brought in older adults, like 80 years old and older. And we played for them, wait till the sun shines Nelly or uh, you are my sunshine. Some of the songs from their era eras. And we noticed that their heart rate and blood pressure reduced or went down, they relaxed. But as soon as we put on heavy metal music, their heart rate and blood pressure went up and increased. And then we brought in the teenagers. And for the teens, when we played Wait Till the Sun Shines Nelly and You Are My Sunshine, the songs from this older group's era, um, 
the heart rate and blood pressure for these youth went up, increased. They became so anxious and uh, it was very uncomfortable for them. Many of them kept saying, turn that off, turn that noise off. But as soon as we put on heavy metal for them. This was the 1980s, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. As it, right. This, uh, yeah. Um, as soon as we put on heavy metal, they relaxed. Their bodies relaxed. The youth were so content and at peace. And um, I took that then, I mean, of course, we use that in relaxation and stress management. And then I, I took that into helping moms give birth to, to babies and replaced like the Lamaze method for that. And I mean, talk about a time of stress and trauma for many women <laughs> when they're giving birth to babies. But I'd practice with the women and we'd find just the right songs that would relax them. And for each woman, it was totally different. For some women, it needed to be thrash metal. We actually had some women who it had to be thrash metal and they would totally relax. Yeah. But for others, it needed to be worship music or something else that um, they were really familiar with, something maybe from their childhood. Um, so when Todd and I came to Asia, we realized that we needed to start to look at every person that way, uh, look at every person and what their areas of expression and especially what helped them relax, what, what those elements were and what those art forms were like. And they are so different for every single group, for every single person in each group. What they relax to depends on what they've been exposed to, what they're familiar with. Again, what the associational uh, experience is with those particular art forms. And uh, then what actually creates a relaxation, a relaxation experience for, for the person themselves. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Wow. Heavy metal. It's almost like the foreign music. And I don't mean foreign as in necessarily from a different cultural background, even. Well, a different cultural time. Right. It's almost like it's a foreign <laughs> body. When we take in the arts, they come into us. We, I mean, even looking at a beautiful painting or a, maybe a very graphic painting, it affects our physiology. It's, mm -hmm. We don't just passively or often we're not just passively experiencing art. So that's the first time that's ever bubbled up to me, Mary, when you were saying that it's almost like an invading foreign body yeah. that caused their, their physiology to change so much when they were hearing it because it wasn't theirs, this familiar thing that was already in them and flowing through them. It's like it clashes with their own waves. <laughs> that's yeah. really interesting. Right. One, one of the moms that, um, I helped during the birthing process. She actually, um, when I when I went in, so her her song style was thrash metal and heavy metal, and so we practiced with it, got her all ready for the delivery. And when we went into the hospital, into the delivery room, um, there were about three or four nurses there, and I explained to them what we'd be doing, and they said, uh, "You're not going to play that." music that's going to stress the doctor out. So you absolutely can't. So 
I, I tried to explain it to her that we couldn't use this music and, you know, I'd be with her and we just moved through it with breathing and some other things we had practiced. And um, about maybe an hour into the delivery time, as she was experiencing contractions, her heart rate and blood pressure started to go up and the babies did too. It just started to go up through the roof. And there were about five nurses around her and I was sitting off to the side. And as they were around the bed, they all turned to me and said, do something. And so <laughs> I stood up and I said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to put this thrash metal music on. And so I did. And uh, within a half a minute, her heart rate dropped, like just totally dropped. Mm. And then within a half minute more, the baby's heart rate just came down to normal. And they said right away, uh, you'll just keep doing this through the whole <laughs> delivery now. And we'll explain it to the doctor. <laughs> And so we did. And it was a beautiful delivery, no problem at all. Um, but that shows that physiological part that, Beth, that you were talking about, that's key. It's like, it was just so natural in her body just to go right to that self-regulating and relaxation mm -hmm. state right there. Yeah. Amazing. So now I'm curious about stories too in a similar way that i mentioned with arts in general maybe that makes sense to us um do you have any of those examples those quick stories of of local arts and places that you've worked or stories that you've heard or through workshops and trainings that you've seen maybe in, in art forms that aren't familiar to you at the moment that you've seen local arts really make an impact for um, someone going through this process well, um, one example of this uh, would be in um, a country here in mainland Southeast Asia, where uh, I went to work with them. And it was very interesting with this particular language group. Uh, an outsider had worked with them for many years and told me that they absolutely couldn't draw. They had no drawing ability. Uh, they couldn't do any visual arts at all. So uh, that would be really limiting. And it was very interesting as I started working with them that um, they, they did have, I mean, they talked about how they wore their art and they had all these ways of expressing themselves on their clothing or through their clothing, like stitching on their clothing, designs on their clothing, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But as I walked around the village, I noticed that there were these bundles of sticks and leaves and other uh, pieces of nature all over the place throughout the village. And I started to ask about that. And they could tell me the meaning of every bundle. And every single bundle had different kinds of meaning. One of the places we walked by they said, oh, that bundle on the doorframe of that house, uh, that woman just lost her baby. Hmm. And so the community put this bundle together to let her know that we are with her in our uh, being, wanting to be close to her and comfort her. And they could tell me every piece of 
of nature in that bundle and what it meant as uh, comfort and care and community. It all carried meaning for them that was quite powerful and also powerful for that woman. Um, from uh, that same language group area, uh, we actually had a, a trauma healing time after that. And there's so many things that happen in between with lots of people coming to the Lord through songs that had were birthed about expressing feelings and their pain, especially related to drug addiction and uh, because there's so, so many uh, drug issues in their region. And so there's, there were these lamenting styles of songs that came, but uh, we went to look at some forgiveness, some areas of forgiveness and how to work that through together uh, using scripture. These were four believers then and looking at all of this. And this one woman, it was just beautiful. She, she talked about a ceremony that they usually have where they pulled together these bundles of uh, items from nature and all the meaning that is in it that connects with forgiveness and reconciliation. And she created this beautiful ceremony with this as the center piece, along with food. <laughs> there were two elements. It was this uh, bundle and then uh, food and this sharing of rice with this person and moving uh, through giving this item in an act of requesting forgiveness and then sharing in food together to show reconciliation and connection. Just beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's the culinary arts as well. Yeah, yes, <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I, I do have a question um, just kind of about, you know, the, I don't know if they're the average listener. I think we have a lot of people who are involved in ministry who, who listen, but for those who maybe aren't involved in something that lends itself to jumping into uh, arts and trauma healing ministry, um, I'm just curious for, for those individuals uh, or families who are who are trying to process things, uh, maybe they've gone through the loss of someone close to them, trauma, uh, in some in some way. What are some small everyday things um, that we can start with? I know you mentioned you know using using a color to express a, a, the particular feeling you're going through. Uh, you know if you're wanting to express something. What are some of those types of things that maybe an individual can can try to find something to help them process? I'd say especially if they're maybe not an artist in their in their own, you know, that they don't consider themselves an artist. Or maybe they do. One of the first things that comes up for me when you say that, Trevor, is and when we get to do this work together, one of the first things we say is, when we're creating things, we're not making anything that needs to be worthy to hang on any kind of wall, right? <laughs> that that for us, what did you call us, artsy smartsies? Is that what you call us? Yep, artsy smartsies. <laughs> that's what you are. I think I think my son calls us artsy fartsies, but he, um, <laughs> um, we we talk about arts as a way of communicating, 
that's all we're looking at this as communicating to ourselves, communicating what's happening inside of us with one another in safety, communicating in honesty to the Lord. Um, and that can, like Todd was saying, that can look like a squiggle and it doesn't mean anything to me, but to Todd, it has a very, it's on purpose and done by choice. And it doesn't really matter if it means a ton to me, if it means something to Todd, I can then sit with Todd and honor and respect where he's coming from, you know? Um, and then, so, so that's one thing when we talk about art making, we are, we are talking, um, in my training, we use the term, this low skill, high sensitivity, mm. whatever doesn't have to take years and years to learn, but that who the person feels comfortable, that it's a, a usable language for them, you know, that's all that matters. So gathering these twigs, like our different bits of nature. I've done that for so many assignments for my own program, <laughs> because for me, I can't draw well, well, like she'd hang in a building you know in a museum and i don't paint well I, I would give anything to be able to do those two things but i can gather beauty i can arrange it and photograph it and i can i can edit it in a free app and i can use it to tell a story and i can zoom in on just one corner and make it bigger and abstract and <laughs> i can do as many it becomes for me photography becomes a crystallizing language and i've ever taken a class i just have a phone that happens to have a camera you know um, so really for folks, I would just offer that one, removing the pressure of making something beautiful, make something ugly. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> this is about communicating what's going on for us. You know, this is our, our birthright as God's kids to be creative. And we, mm. we kind of like dampen our beautiful, shiny birthright when we put all these expectations on it. So give yourself permission, make something ugly <laughs> or make something broke. <laughs> just that is meaningful to you is what I mean by that. That is great um, advice. And then, yeah, find that crystallizing language that's accessible to you. It can be string, yarn, it can be cooking, it can be, I mean, it, we're only limited by what we're willing to try. You hmm. know? Um, but finding ways to communicate what you're feeling and then seeing, can you look at what you've created um, with the same compassion that you would look toward a friend who was hurting? Can we be having that loving caringness to our wounded places the same way that you as my friend would show me love and care um that can be a giant leap and it may take us time to get there that's okay um but that's yeah that's what comes up for me that's really that's really helpful i love that last point that you just made looking at yourself as a bit of an outsider if you create something ugly <clears throat> to give yourself that grace i think that's really for me personally, that going through, um, you know, the one course that I've taken in this, uh, that's that's very good advice because I, I'm so preoccupied with what what are other people going to think? Is it going to be good enough? Is it going to be, you know, and the grace that I give to other people, why can't I give that to myself or assume that other people will give towards me because I thought everything everybody else created was, was beautiful and a great expression of that creativity. Uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. If I can just say that's another value of creating and just trying because it shows us more things in our life that are asking for our love and care and attention. Uh, the same thing here. Oh, no. Is it going to be good enough? Oh, I have a thing about being good enough. How can I show love to that? How can I meet that with the same kindness that Todd and Mary meet with me? I want to turn that towards myself. You know, the Lord says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And if, you know, we let each other love each other. I think the Lord also wants to 
to give us that on our own insides by his grace, right? And so in creating art, we're always learning things about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and, and one last question before we get to resources, just because I know that you had some really good things to say uh, as we were discussing this, but for those of us who are helpers, who want to look at someone who's going through, through something difficult, um, if we have a neighbor or a friend, someone at church, um, someone in our sphere of influence that is going through trauma, big or small, and we want to help, but we don't know what to do, what would be your advice for that? How do we start? Um, what are some cautions um, for those of us who don't really know what we're doing, but just want to want to be helpful? Something that we often say is do no harm. So uh, just being careful with other people's hearts, even though we want to help them in some way um, and honoring them in the process of trying to, we might not even say help them, we might wanna say support them um, so that we're actually caring fully for them and not just injecting ourselves in there. Um, so some of the key things we might look at are things like giving them uh, a place to make some choices because choices is such an important part in this process and asking them what they really need. And then based on that, create safety in some way for them. It may be physical safety that they need. It may be emotional safety, but making sure to honor what they're needing that helps them feel safe. And um, then also make space for them to, and honoring them uh, as you listen to what they need to share or express. And not just listening, but actually listening with an attempt to understand or try to really care for them. And in giving them that space, then not trying to fix them or problem solve. Uh, yeah. That's, we all, I think, want to do that to help, or we might call it rescue people in some way, you know, from their pain. Um, but knowing this is a process, we want to journey, we call it co-journeying with them. We want to walk with them through it. And as Bethany mentioned, um, we, we want to be a witness to it too, um, that it's validated and real uh, and something important, not just for that person, but as a shared person in community with them too. Um, and as we do all of that, we just wanna make sure that we're also uh, watching for ourselves what we can handle, what we're capable of handling how far into the support of that person we can actually walk into in a healthy way, not just for them, but as Beth was mentioning earlier for us too, you know, that kind of balanced awareness. So just making sure that we maybe even as we support them, find resources, other resources that can also help them support, be supported outside of ourselves. Beth, Todd, what else would you guys add? Well, sometimes there's a temptation to, like you said, to try to fix people or give advice 
or tell your own story, which sometimes can be okay, but um, it's much better to just really um, have to listen, like, as you said, to not, to, to resist that urge to do that, even if it's just being quiet, um, to leave that space and not, and maybe it's awkward or uncomfortable um, for you, but to make sure you leave that space as best as you're able, again, recognizing your limitations, your own comfort level with the pain that's being shared, um, but as best as possible, resist those temptations. The only thing I was thinking, um, I saw a, a meme the other day about this topic, um, and it said something to the effect of, um, if, if I'm walking alongside trying to support someone um, and I recognize, hey, you know, I don't really have the skills to support as much as I want to. Um, I'm, okay, memes don't talk that long, but <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm busting that up pretty bad. Um, but um, the, the essence of it being, I'm not recommending you um, like, hey, go see a shrink or go see a psychiatrist because I think you're so bad off that only this super educated person can help you know what I'm saying is I care for you so much that I believe you deserve the best care and I want to walk with you there. Hmm. I just thought that was such a beautiful way to say it. Sometimes we don't really know what to say. We know we're not necessarily equipped, but how on earth do we recommend, you know, try to connect people with more trained people in a loving way that doesn't feel like we're dumping on them because we're not, we're in it with them. We want to be well in it with them. And I just thought that was a beautiful way to say it. I care for you so much. I want you to have the best person possible to walk with you. And I'm here with you until you don't want me there or until you feel comfortable to stay on your own. You know, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So good. So as we are wrapping up, um, if people want to learn more about arts and trauma healing ministry, um, where can they go? What, what, what is out there for people to either to get equipped or just to, just to learn? Todd, Mary, myself, and some other really wonderful colleagues spread around the world um, get to work together on one place people might be interested in learning about this type of work, and that's at a few different universities around the world. Um, one being at Dallas International University, um, in Dallas, Texas, another being at All Nations um, College in the UK, and then another being um, Payap University in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Um, this uh, type of training um, is offered in these three places um, at various levels, um, and, but each of them includes a component of mental health, um, Christian spiritual, uh, spirituality and care, um, and local arts. Um, and sound mental health skills, kind of all bringing those together as best as we can. We try to do it in a really honoring way and that um, invites the, the gifts of everyone present to, to the front. And we learn from each other, which is just fabulous. So um, arts, um, arts and trauma healing, I believe is at DIU, folks correct me if I'm wrong. And also at um, All Nations in the UK and then arts and the healing process um, is being offered um, at Payap University. Um, yeah, and we will we will put uh, links to those in uh, the show notes so that you can click on it uh, and find more information about when those trainings are offered. 
Um, some of them have, um, yeah, location changes and date changes. So we want to make sure you get the, the most up-to-date information. Uh, well, thank you very much, uh, all of you, Todd, Mary, and Beth. We are very thankful to have your voices. We, we uh, wanted to do justice to the topic, and uh, we went about as far as we could with some stories in the past. So we, we knew we wanted to have you on, and uh, we're grateful to have you all sharing what uh, you do in the world and uh, what God is doing through uh, those who are ministering in this way. So thank you so much for uh, offering your experiences and your insight. We really appreciate it, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. And uh, I don't know how many episodes this will make, but uh, we'd love to keep hearing from you. And we'll send off, we'll send off any questions that we get uh, to you for, for any answers that we may need. But I'm sure people will be blessed by this. So thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, that was a great finale both to the season and to our conversation absolutely with them it's, a, it's such an important topic it's very timely for these days lots lots of uh, difficult things going around and it's good to think about how us as part of the the global church the body of Christ and how we can come alongside each other and and recognize the the gifts and, and resources that God has given us to help work through these difficult things. So one thing that stood out to me along the lines of why local arts are really important, it, there's, there's a lot of great reasons of why local arts are important that we have talked about over the season, and, and they certainly apply here. And I think Todd even referenced our one of our earlier episodes where we talked about arts not being universal language and mm -hmm. just the importance that the expressions that people are using to process trauma and grief and working through difficult things, how it has to come from their experience, which means it has to come from these uh, forms that are meaningful to them. And the importance of, of seeing each person individually as an individual with their own preferences and their own um unique makeup um, and how that has proven beneficial in a lot of different areas for a person's healing. Or even, uh, I love the story about um, the, the woman giving birth and needing uh, thrash metal playing to calm her down and just seeing how that helped. That was uh, certainly not a universal language in that sense. <laughs> there was a lot of disagreement in the room. So I, I love hearing stories about that because there, there's so many, um, so many expressions, so many uh, great arts around us, and each one can move a different person in a different way. And, and in this case, can be life-saving. Yeah, for sure. I think them having a background, like you said, in creative arts therapy, um, kind of demands that every individual is is treated on an individual basis, or every community, or every you know, you're you're thinking of of uh, the uniqueness that God has created in in us as people, and and trying to find that thing, that spark, that that 
special thing that might help in a situation. Um, and then as we talked about individuals, as we were trying to find little ways that, you know, your average listener, um, maybe uh, you're a parent and your kids are struggling with something or, you know, those, what are those everyday things that we can do just to process what's going on in the world around us? I think that's very important for us to, to give ourselves, um, and those around us, the, the grace and the freedom um, to, like they said, make something ugly and uh, to, to be kind to yourself or be kind to those around you. And, and yeah, give that space to, to be creative. And, and uh, it might not, it doesn't have to be for anybody else. It can just be uh, for yourself. So that's just really uh, good advice all around. And I'm looking forward to using a lot of the tips that they have brought up in this episode. Absolutely. So with that, we should transition out of our our topic for today and and wrap up our episode and our season with a bit of a review. What are some things that we've we've yeah. covered? Um, it's been such a pleasure to explore these stories. It's been very encouraging for me and and Trevor personally, and and seeing the response from so many people around the world and all these countries and seeing how people are wanting to use it, um, whether it's as a personal encouragement for those who are uh, using their creative gifts for different purposes or uh, those who are trying to train and equip people in in ministry. Um, it's just been really uh, a wonderful, wonderful experience. So let's, uh, let's, let's review a bit. One thing to keep in okay. mind, um, we had a lot of different definitions of what ethnoarts is, <laughs> um, and you can go back to episode one to hear all of those, but um, the one that I like to, to hang on to is helping communities to connect with God, engage with the Bible, and share the gospel in meaningful ways according to their culture, how God has made them, and we can have that as maybe a framework or something to keep in mind as we look at some of these different themes that we have covered. Yeah. Yeah. So some of those themes uh, that we mentioned, we'll just kind of list a bunch of the things that we've talked about to refresh your mind. If you haven't listened to them, please do go back. Uh, we've talked about music and all of the arts not being a universal language, as you maybe have heard uh, before we we learned that very <laughs> starkly with the uh, Canela music, uh, we talked about the Aboriginal visual arts from Australia and how uh, there's a visual literacy that is required in in other cultures in order to understand what's going on. We talked about improv comedy at a funeral uh, and how that kind of uh, worked with kind of alongside of trauma healing, but also just using using comedy and using the audience and, and interactive uh, artistic communication. Those are some of my favorite stories, I think, just the, the ones that are unexpected that you wouldn't think about or <laughs> that are may not meaningful to you, but it certainly plays an important role in those communities. We also, also talked about ethnodoxology and the study of different culture's worship. We, we heard stories about the Alamblak in Papua New Guinea. Our very first episode was the, the J group in Asia and how using local arts and worship 
uh, helped communicate to the 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 other other members of the community and leaders in the other villages that they don't have to give up their culture to follow Jesus. Yeah, and the first time we talked a little bit about trauma healing or the the healing process was Nyemuse's uh, story about the lament and uh, community working together and moving together and singing together in the midst of um, difficulty in war, in in trauma that they were experiencing. And we talked about ways of working with the community. We talked about uh, this process or framework that has been developed called Creating Local Arts Together. Um, We heard from Rose about how to think about the different roles that an insider of a community and an outsider uh, could work together in accomplishing um, God's purposes. And we got to hear from uh, Brian Schrag and kind of the origination of (laughs) sparking creativity, at least for us. Uh, It was great to have him as one of our artsy smartsies, and we want to thank all of those that we were able to interview and look forward to interviewing more uh, in the coming episodes later on that's right speaking of how do you like that transition love it i love a good segue um we're making plans for season two we're going to take a break for a few months as my family and i transition back to america for a season and uh we'll take that time to be thinking and making some plans we do have some things already in the works and uh some different topics to cover. Some of those including some of the arts that have come in response to the COVID crisis over these last few years. Um, It's been really interesting to see how different cultures Mm -hmm. uh, have used their arts to communicate like good hygiene or communicate different health principles or even just trying to cope with isolation. And that, Mm -hmm. that will be really interesting. We're going to cover some of some other ministry domains like church planting Uh, literacy and education, and we'll also be hearing about ethno-arts work being used amongst deaf communities, which is super fascinating. And we've actually had a few people write in with requests for this topic specifically, and I'm I'm so happy that they did because it kind of confirmed our our, um, suspicion that that might be an interesting topic for people. So, and there (laughs) were Those are just some of the things that are in the works, and we look forward to what else there might be. Maybe you can uh, help us in coming up with some ideas. Yeah, and thank you to all those of you who have written in um, or contacted us in in some way. Uh, We appreciate that, and uh, it's it's been fun to hear how people have heard of the podcast, um, what it maybe has meant to them, a story that has resonated with them. And you've given us some good ideas and potential topics for the future. You've given us ideas for uh, interviews to, to uh, include in the next seasons to come. Um, and so thank you for that. And uh, we'd like to keep that going. So uh, I guess for the last time this season, we're going to say go and spark some creativity wherever you are. But also, let us know how it goes. Share with with us some clips. You can send in a a voice memo. You can send in a story, um, links that you have to share, any ideas that you have. We would love to hear more and more from you. Um, We've got some some good reviews on on podcast uh, 
apps and platforms, and we'd love to keep those going and, and share it with whoever you think would be interested in this. Uh, we're just so thankful for the community that uh, you have uh, been a part of with us, and we look forward to lots more to come in the future. That's right. So we'll see you next time. All right. Blessings. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We would love to hear what you thought. What resonated with you today? What questions did this raise? Anything you'd like to learn more about? Maybe you have stories you'd like to share. Please feel free to contact us at ethnoartspod at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ethnoartspod. We also invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. This will help others to find out about the show. Please feel free to share the podcast with others. We look forward to sharing more with you next time on Sparking Creativity, the Ethno Arts Podcast.